Welcome to Alternative Dog Moms Podcast. I'm Kimberly Gautier, the creator of Keep the Tail Wagging. For the past nine years, I've been blogging about raw feeding, pet wellness, and life as a crazy dog mom. I've seen massive improvements in my dog's health since I started raising my dogs naturally, and I'm passionate about sharing my experience to help other pet parents. I'm Erin Scott. For the past nine years, I've been researching and learning everything I can about healing cancer, allergies, autoimmune, and mystery illnesses in both my dogs and myself. And I can't wait to share with you everything I've learned on this journey. As the Alternative Dog Moms, we're bringing you all the latest dog health news that we're following and sharing the tips, tricks, and resources we learn along the way. Now, let's get started. Hello, Erin. So, super special guest today. I'm very excited. <laughs> we are here with Dr. Lori Kozier. And I'm like really excited because, first of all, Dr. Lori and I used to do lives every week back during 2020 when, when everyone's stuck at home and we didn't know what to do. And it's so nice to just see you again after um, just this been a crazy, crazy few years. But mostly, I feel like you started a revolution when it comes to live events for the holistic pet space. But because before the Healthy Dog Expo, there really wasn't, I mean, there were little things here and there, or, you know, like a pet store may have something for their customers or a dog trainer might host something for their clients. Um, and then there were like booths, maybe one or two booths at a local pet expo. But as far as actual um, conferences where we can sit down and learn about holistic things, that was either something that was done very limited online, but it was just really not something in person. And after all of these years of you doing it and seeing other people now, it feels like we all have something to look forward to in our individual areas of the country. And I feel like you got that ball rolling. Well, thank you for saying that. I so appreciate it. Um, I feel like I did too. And I do want to give credit to Dogs Naturally Magazine, who did have an annual live event for several years that was very successful. Um, I think they kind of had a challenge in going to Chicago and such. It became harder for them. And they kind of said, look, we're we're done with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and and I'll be totally honest. People laughed at me. People said, "Lori, nobody wants to travel for a live event. They all want to do online stuff." Mm-hmm. And this was pre-COVID. And I mean, I think it was kind of foretelling because we all went online for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is magic in being there, in being with your people. And talking to people and meeting people and sitting down and having lunch and listening. And the first event, which was 2018, this is this year is year five, a little bit of a gap because of COVID. Um, I had about 100 people at the first event. And it it was it was small, it was comfortable, but people were like, I want to say mentally on fire because all of a sudden they looked across the room and instead of seeing somebody who disagreed with them, 
they saw somebody was on their page mm-hmm. and they made a friend. And that's the magic of the live event. And over the years, I've had so many people say, why won't you put this online? Why won't you stream it? And it, and that's why, because I want your butt in that seat. Yeah. I want you to be able to raise your hand and talk to the speaker, whether they be maybe somebody as famous as Karen Becker or Rodney or somebody that I'm just introducing you to like this year, it's going to be crystal. It's going to be Dr. Lori Larson, people you have never heard speak before. And you're going to be able to talk to them in real time and get their expertise. And there is nothing like that. And, you know, you're going to go to the, the exhibitor booths and you're going to talk to Dr. Rob Silver of Real Mushrooms and yeah. he's going to answer your questions. And he's going to talk about your dog and he's going to geek out and be the nerd that he is, the endearing nerd. And you can't get that online. You can't get that experience. And that's why I think as people have taken my model and adapted it to their situation, that it's worked because the core concept is meeting people that are your tribe. Yeah. And I've always said, I'm a connector of people. I connect people to the people and resources they need. And that's what people want, especially post pandemic. Yeah. I think, I think the, the thing about it is that you feel kind of re-energized after you attend something, you know, in person, because it's like, we're kind of isolated. I mean, we have social media, but when it comes down to it, many of us, when we think of our, you know, our friendship circles locally, our family, you know, for me, I am known as a person who makes her own dog's food. So everyone knows me of that in my town. But I don't, even though there are other raw feeders here and there are other people there, you know, I think, I think we might, no, our holistic vet died several years ago. So I don't even think we have a holistic vet in my town. Um, But for the most part, everyone feeds kibble. Everyone goes to a traditional vet. Everyone, you know, I mean, they, I think they, they know what I do and they ask me questions when questions come up. But for the most part, I'm on my own. Right. So it's like, I don't really have these conversations except for with people online. So it's really kind of cool to be, like you said, in a space where everywhere you look are people who, you know, they may not have your same experience or followed your same exact path, but it's people, you know, when you sit down to eat, you just have these invigorating conversations. And it's just like, by the time you're ready to go home, I'm an introvert. By the time I'm ready to go home, I'm exhausted from all of the interaction, but I still feel so good because it's like, you know, this is my jam. This is fun. Well, and, you know, just being surrounded by that energy because, and, oh my God, I, do you know, I have Julianne Lee of Adored Beast coming. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited about that. Uh, I am so excited about that. Uh, Dr. Danielle Conway had some stuff come up and she's like, look, I just can't get there. And Julianne is like, yeah, I'm in. And after talking with her on the podcast, her grasp of energy and stuff, she's freaking amazing. And you do not want to miss her. Yeah. And she, I mean, she broke it down of the aspects of the energy of being around people who are your people who share some commonality. I mean, most of us come from the space of 
having had a dog with health problems or gone through something. And that's what prompted our change from the traditional. And let's face it, 95% of people feed conventionally, meaning kibble and canned, and go to conventional vets. So, you know, our tribe is sparse. Mm -hmm. But when we can pull them all into one place, that's exceedingly powerful. Yeah. I also think it kind of um, diffuses conflict, too. I think the reason why we see so much conflict on social media is because we're on social media. We're sitting at a computer. So we are allowing our emotions to get to the highest level. We are firing off things that if we were say, looking at someone face to face, we probably wouldn't do. You know, we're more likely because I, you know, I can sit down with someone and be like, mm, I don't really agree with that. And this is why and have that type of back and forth. And no one's getting offended. No one's getting upset. No one's feelings are hurt because you didn't agree with them 100%. You can actually have just a really great conversation. Whereas on social media, it's impossible. Yeah, you're like walking on eggshells because you never. And then there's the time delay. Mm -hmm. And you're like, you type your comment in. And then you're waiting and you might wait an hour and, you know. Wake up in the morning to all hell's broken loose. Oh, yeah. So (laughs) stay off social media as much as you can. I know that sounds really crazy to say. Come on to my social media because I find the trolls and I delete them. Really taught me well. Bless them, bless them. Yep. Um, But, you know, social media has its uses, but it is not a connector of people. Mm-hmm. There are no filters. There are no house rules. There's nothing there. So come to a live event or I will say come to a paid community, whether it's Kimberly's community, Inside Scoop, when people are willing even to plunk down $1 a month, trolls won't do that. So it makes it a safe space. And we all need a safe space because we're all dealing with stuff with our dogs. That's why we're here. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think that that's, that's it is that, you know, we all love our dogs. We all, you know, I saw a discussion yesterday that just broke my heart. A woman um, had lost her puppy and, um, you know, most, you know, I wouldn't say, mo- I don't know. I didn't count the comments, but, you know, I would say half of the comments were like, I am so sorry. This has got to be hard for you. Blah, blah, blah. My condolences. And the other half were just picking apart what she did wrong. Yeah. Oh my God. The reason why your pu- puppy is dead is because of the shampoo that you used, or you use flea and tick care, or you fed kibble, or you did this. And yeah. it's just like, again, if we were face to face, we would, we, we and wow. like what you said, there are no rules. Face to face, we understand if someone says that a loved one passed away, our response is, my condolences, or if someone sneezes, you say, God bless you or gazoo tight. But we have some level of compassion. Yes. And on social media, the compassion reflex is absent. Well, we're in such a hurry to make a point that we sort of run it. Cause I saw comments that were like, I'm so sorry for your loss, but this is what, you know, for future reference, you should maybe not do it. And it's just sort of like, people don't need that. Yeah. And yeah, it's like yeah. one time someone told me, um, you know, with public speaking, and it's something that I've worked on is using the word, but like, be careful of using the word, but because pay attention to what happened, what yeah. follows the, but exactly. Because it's like, whenever you say, but it basically invalidates everything that you said before. 
And um, so it's like, you know, just really think about the words that you're using. And even if the people you're talking to don't recognize that that's what's happening, it's like, like deep down, you know, they're picking that up. And, and I was just like that, you know, it wasn't the first time I had heard that, but the person who told me was um, like a professor in public speaking. Mm-hmm. And, and I was just like, Completely you know, I'm going to pay attention to this, but, but, <laughs> but it's, it's hard to do because it's like a really easy word. And, and, you know, I had somebody tell me that in a, you know, how do I want to say this in situations I did not want to be in. And, you know, when people said stuff after the, but it's like, okay, I really wanted to hear what you said. And then you said, but, and now I'm hearing stuff that is really hurtful. And, you know, when it comes to our dogs, I mean, we're here because we love dogs. I do what I do. I mean, I was, I was talking with someone do I make a dime from the expo? No, I'm sure if you put me down for an <laughs> hourly whatever, you know, I'm I'm negative in, you know, <laughs> negative 5 cents an hour on how much I put into the expo. But I do it because people who love their dogs need it and the world needs that energy. And yeah, you know, there are times I curse myself what it was thinking. <laughs> You know, how am I going to make this person work with this person? It all works out in the end. And the afterword of the people that have made connections, whether they be sponsors, exhibitors, guests, speakers, you know, it brings the community closer, which is what we actually need, especially at times when so many health problems are cropping up with our dogs. Mm -hmm. Look at the incidence of cancer. Look at the food debacles that were are currently brewing, if you will. And the number of people who just don't know, I mean, I work in a conventional practice as an integrative veterinarian. I have people that don't know, Hey, there's, there's problems with various brands of kibble and canned and freeze dried right now. They, they don't even know it. And you know, their dog comes in with vomiting and diarrhea and I look at what it's eating and I'm like, can you please change that? I can't give you proof that that's involved, but it's my suspicion and let's, let's try something else. Or my God, your dog's got cancer. Let's look at the new testing that's available, you know, between innovative vet labs, Dr. Pope, Oncotech, you know, on cocaine, there's so many new things we can do that people want to know about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when someone comes in, cause it's like, if, if, well, I, I guess I, it's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of someone whose dog has, you know, vomiting and diarrhea only because my dog's don't have vomiting and diarrhea. I mean, it's, it's just, I've been very, very lucky. So knock on wood. But when you, when someone comes in with that, at what point is it food? And at what point could it be like, you know, a virus or, I mean, there's so much. It's always, I mean, let's, well, let's just talk vomiting and diarrhea. Those are very non-specific symptoms. Mm-hmm or as we say in vet med signs, 
because technically a symptom is something I tell you about. Since the dog isn't talking, it's a clinical sign. Semantics. But it could be anything from they got in the trash, they ate, you know, some disgusting thing outside, you know, grandma fed them bacon grease, you know, (laughs) there was a virus, Uh, you know, they ate a new treat. Um, I had a cat today that was interesting. Um, She was eating a mediocre food, but the owners had been giving her greenies treats. And the owners observed that the package of greenies treats that they opened was of a different color and a different texture than the previous bag. Mm. Now to me, that's a red flag. And that, that means, was there something with the treat? My first suspicion given it's an indoor cat, it lives in a bubble, nothing else had changed. Right. Um, So you kind of have to be a bit of a detective and you have to take a, broad ranging view of what's going on in that particular scenario. Um, most cat people don't give treats because the cats say, screw you <laughs> money on that. I'm not eating it. Um, but with dogs, you know, people go get bully sticks and whatever, or, you know, somebody brings them a uh, rawhide for Christmas. So dietary, Changes and treat changes are very common in the dog. Um, Not so common in the cat. But when do I suspect food? You know, when nothing else has changed or when I know I've heard a lot of things and I'm piped into sources that aren't accessible to the average person. Mm -hmm. And I hear, oh, you know, so-and-so had this company had this problem. Right. So I'm on, I'm on alert for that. And I just, I'm just like, change the food, change yeah. the treat. Don't feed, you know, green dyed pig ears at, you know, St. Patrick. <laughs> That's really popular up here. I don't know if it's popular everywhere. Not um, here. <laughs> but, you know, you get green pig ears and green cow noise, noses and green rawhides here for St. Patrick's Day. There we go. Not a good idea. But then I have to say, we get red ones at Christmas. Oh, so, Christmas, yes, definitely. The red ones, like the oh, red rawhides. Things with, like, ribbony decorations and, yeah. All of those things, guys, not a good idea. <laughs> They're just looking to sell and, you know, um, bump their profits. So um, I would love to talk about the virus, that was, the mystery virus that that was going around because it was the talk of the town and then slowly went away. And I don't doubt that it was real because I, I personally know someone who lost a dog to a similar virus about um, eight years ago, I think. And, but it's just one of those where it came and it went, did they ever discover what it was? Um, my go-to source of information for that was Dr. Scott Weiss from Guelph. He runs a blog called Worms and Germs, I believe. Um, he had the some data that suggested it was a mycoplasma, um, which is a, a nasty sort of bacteria, hard to treat. Um, but I don't know that they ever firmly locked it down. Mm-hmm. And it definitely seemed to have geographic uh, spikes 
in certain areas. Like I never saw a case up here. Well, I've never seen a case of dog flu either for that matter. Yeah. But yet everybody's still so paranoid about vaccinating against influenza with both strains. And, you know, I think geography plays a huge role in those sorts of diseases. Uh, there, I did get an email and I have not read it yet from Jean Dodds commenting about, uh, which probably came from her blog commenting about the disease, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it totally seems to be gone. Yeah. So I, I honestly don't know. I do think common sense measures like really rethinking, do you need to take your dog to a dog park (laughs) where you don't know who's there, where they're using, where there's a big old water bucket out that every dog slobbers into? Probably not a good idea. Yeah. You know, your doggy daycare or boarding or grooming facility that you know that follows normal procedures, that doesn't overcrowd you know, fine. And just talk with people. Yeah. But yeah, it was, it was really interesting because for a while everybody was in a panic. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to the live events, you know, I've (laughs) been so fortunate to attend the expo for the last couple of years. And You know, one of the things that I think is so special about attending in person that would never translate, you know, trying to like stream it or or make the videos available are like the special moments. Like I will never in my life forget Dr. Royal singing for everyone last year. Yes. You know, and it's like you could never like recreate that. Like that was like magic that happened in that room in that moment, you know. (laughs) You can't. And you know, and she's got a great voice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there are those special things that happen. And, you know, I think of various presentations that, you know, had those moments. I think of, of me harassing Kendra the first year that she came, Dr. Kendra Pope, and saying, Kendra, I have to get you off stage. I have to get. And she's like, but I have one more case to present. And, you know, everybody is so eager to share and to, you know, to be there for each other. That doesn't happen just anywhere. And her mom was there. And her mom was there. And (laughs) Fritz, her dog, was there, who I I guess I'm at, it's public knowledge, but Fritz did pass away Um, at, you know, I want to say he was 17 or 18. And lived a great life. But yeah, her she's Kendra was so funny. Uh, she said, my mom has never seen me do what I do. Is it okay if I bring her? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, I, I got that hotel room. I got whatever you need. And her mom was thrilled. And her mom was charming. And was like the hit of dinner the night before. And, you know, you can't, you can't put a value on those moments. Yeah. Um, And, you know, and it might be meeting somebody that you had met on social media, but who lives on the other side of the country. And I always think of the year that Rodney and Karen came post COVID, you know, some of us were still in masks. Everybody was like, what's going to happen. But I had people from Dubai. I had Charlie and Larry. 
I had Noor coming from Paris. I had someone from Hawaii who walked over, gave me a hug and said, thank you for doing this and handed me Hawaiian coffee and Hawaiian chocolate. (laughs) And they're like, please enjoy this. And I'm like, yeah, I will. (laughs) Oh, it was amazing. But, you know, especially after a time when we could not come together, people got the value of coming together and having those special moments. And it didn't matter if stuff went wrong. And certainly that year, I think of the check-in. Were you involved in the (laughs) check-in? Well, I did have uh, Dr. Becker giving me my lanyard. (laughs) Well, yes. So to let everybody know that year, the hotel kind of let us down. And at, we were supposed to start check-ins for Saturday morning registration at 7.30. And at 6.45, they let us know that they had lost the key to our room, our storage room, where all the check-in materials were there. And people, of course, were assembling starting at like 7 o'clock. So there's a line forming. Yeah, we were like all through the entire hotel. We were all through the lobby. (laughs) And the people at the check-in desk were so upset that you're all through the lobby that they kicked you outside and made the line go outside. And at the same time, my team is working with a guy who was the events coordinator and he couldn't find the key. Now, mind you, we were there at nine o'clock the night before in that room. So I don't know what they did with the key. Could it get locked in the room? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But in the they end, didn't have any my, extra keys. My team member, Jess, took a credit card and broke into the <laughs> room. And everybody just grabbed stuff and I can't believe it. That actually worked. I always thought, you know, you see it on TV. Oh, oh my I, husband does that. Yes, <laughs> yes, genius. And then, and Karen was flipping out. She's like, we got to get people in. So she's taking name tags and walking the line and finding people. And finally, we just sent everybody into the room and said, we'll deal with it after. But, you know, we want to give you your gift bags. We want to give you your name tags, your raffle tickets, your everything. But, you know, it was, it was a disaster, but it was fun too. Yeah, it was fine. And people got to see the real Karen, which is running up and down trying to make things work. And, and then last year was also the Marsdens, like. Oh God, the Marsdens. Yeah, they were riding stick horses across the stage. But, you know, and again, you cannot replicate that. Watching that as a movie is not the same as being there. And I will make an offer to one of your podcasters. I have that stick horse (laughs) that is signed by the Marstons and I will give it to one of your lucky people. So you pick it. It's, It's sitting in my closet. Um, and I won't tell you that it's also signed by Barb Royal because she signed in conspicuously, but she's like, <laughs> I want in on this. Um, but that's why, that's why live events. And that's why, you know, I know it's expensive to travel. I know it's expensive to stay in a hotel. You guys have no idea what it costs to put on an event. Oh, yes, I do. You do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I will never attempt it again. I, I, I'm so grateful that I got a chance. Well, to and, you know, it's a, it's a learning experience mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, so just to share, 
your box lunch, a sandwich, an apple, a cookie, and some chips costs the promoter 40 to 50 bucks because they tack on fees and stuff. So, you know, when that's part of the price of your admission ticket, we're not making gobs of money on this. We're doing it as a labor of love. Yeah. Um, but it is so worth you guys coming and, you know, meeting Steve Marston and watching him ride a stick horse across the stage while he's explaining why this Chinese herb does what it does. And, you know, great teachers are priceless. Yeah. And those sorts of teachings just translate to however you learn. You know, I, I look out on my audience and I see some people watching, some people videoing, some people taking furious notes. It's like, okay, so you're an auditory learner. You're a visual learner. You're uh, let me write it down. Mm-hmm. But, but the people that I pick reach all those people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that was one of the reasons to have Steve there because I knew he could do it. When you're planning an event, do you have like a theme in mind? Hey, quick question for you. Are you someone who wants to be fit, healthy, and happy? And what if I told you you could get your dream body by simply just listening to a podcast? I'm Josh. And I'm KG. And we're the hosts of the Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast. Listen, we get it. Fitness isn't easy. Carbs, no carbs. Just stop, okay? It doesn't have to be that complicated. And that's why we made this podcast. We get straight to the facts so you can become your best you. So the way to check us out is click the link in the show notes or search Fit, Healthy, and Happy podcast on any of the major podcast platforms. We'll see you soon. Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, You know, this year's theme loosely is bridging the gap from conventional to alternative, uh, which is why, like, we have the Animal Diet Formulator VIP sessions where we teach you to go from feeding kibble to making a fresh food recipe using a tool so you know you're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why we have... Some of the, like, we've had microbiome lectures, we've had cancer lectures that, that bridge that gap. So sometimes, yes, but I usually start with who I want to hear from, who I pick my speaker pa- pa- panel first. You know, who do I want? Who have I heard is up and coming? Mm-hmm. Um, what fresh voices are out there? And, you know, this year is a lot about fresh voices with, And even though Lori Larson, who inherited Ron Schultz immunology lab at Wisconsin, she's kind of an old voice, but she's not spoken a lot. And people have been bugging me to have somebody talk about titers and vaccines and immunology forever. So that was the rabies challenge fund. Ron Schultz was part of the rabies challenge fund. Yes. Um, And Lori had worked under him for a long time and then Ron retired and he named her you know, the next, his successor. And she's, she's just a wonderful person. I was excited to see Rita Hogan on the East coast too. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. It's like, if I can bring somebody into the area that is not commonly in the area, that's a plus. And, and Rita, you know, she has a great book coming out. It's awesome. Mm, I know. I'm excited for that book. And she too, she's one of those natural teachers and she's just got such vibrant energy. 
Um, Lindsay Went, who's working with Trina Huzzah, who I had last year, you know, just good energy, alternative viewpoint, can talk about traditional Chinese medicine, which I haven't had somebody do before, and integrating things. So it's, it's a lot of new voices this year. And, and some of my new vendors and sponsors, I'm really excited to have the folks from Bold Raw coming down. I think, I think it's Bold Raw. Caroline Bullduck, who was Bold by Nature before, they had a name change. So it's a Canadian raw food company oh, okay. that is now moving into the U.S. Oh, okay. Well, that'll be interesting. I'm curious about any um like how that transition is going to be because the way they do things in Canada versus here has got to be very different. Yeah, and she's she's doing it right. I mean, I I envision once she's and this is year 1 of US. She'll be on Susan Thixton's list. It's a quality product. Mm-hmm. And she's really trying to do it right. But um she'll be on my my speaker panel, my discussion panel talking about how do we transition mm-hmm. to, you know, coming into a new market, to reaching new people, to taking, again, from the conventional to the alternative. So that's that's going to be cool. That's going to yeah. be very cool. Yeah, the speaker panel was a lot of fun last year, too. Oh, yeah. Well, and you don't, what you don't know, <laughs> the speaker panel, um, I had one person who's, who called me up the day before and said, I think I have COVID. <laughs> I had one person who was supposed to be on the speaker panel who called me up the day before and said, my bitch is having puppies. There's no way I can leave her. So there was a lot of excitement with the speaker <laughs> panel, but things worked out. Yeah. It was brilliant. And I give a lot of credit to Dr. Royal for, you know, pulling those people together and giving good content. But I think people really enjoy that. Yeah. And, and, you know, hearing different takes on different topics. Yeah. Cause it's great to hear a lecture and it's like, okay, you know, you're Dr. Smith and you think ABC, but when I can say, you know, Billy, what do you think? Kendra, what do you think? Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do you think, Susan? Those are three different uh, perspectives. Yeah. And I, I think it's so important to show that because it shows that, we don't all have to be walking straight down the same path. We can, you know, there are many ways to get to a healthy dog. There are many paths that you yeah. can take and it's okay for people to explore different things because we're dealing with different dogs. We're in different areas of the country. We have different resources. And it's always, to me, one thing I, I tell people is that I learn so much from people I disagree with. Because they're sharing a completely different perspective that I've never considered. You know, we just got to get out of our own way, set set the ego aside and actually hear what they're saying. It doesn't mean that we have to change our mind. We don't have to agree, but just take the time and consider it because I'm, I'm convinced that if I'm ornery and stubborn and insist on it being my way all the time, the next dog that God sends me is going to be the dog that can't eat raw, that has an allergy to everything under the sun, except for feathers. <laughs> and, and, you know, it, it keeps getting whatever, fleas. Yeah, exactly. Keeps getting fleas. I mean, it's just like all kinds of stuff where all the, all the things that I was just like, ah, 
you know. Well, and and I, I would just add beyond perspective, priorities, because let's take, you know, my friends, because I am, I am totally blessed with an amazing network of friends who also happen to be in my field and are experts in theirs. If I ask Kendra about a case and then I go ask Steve Marsden about a case or Barbara Royal or my conventional colleague, I'm going to get viewpoints from very different perspectives Mm -hmm. and they are going to prioritize different testing, different procedures, different treatment modalities. Um, You know, what are they going to address first? What are they going to address second? It'll vary. And, you know, the value of pulling that all together and then coming up with a final plan is huge. Yeah. I think it's beautiful. I mean, It, it really is. I think, I mean, it's, it is, it's, I mean, I remember when I went, I was sick. You were awfully sick. I was so sick and I just kept taking naps. Then I came out and spoke and then I went back and took another nap. (laughs) The poor man on the plane on my way home, you know, thank God it was you. And and you were like, maybe we can go to dinner, but I really want to sleep. I I think I had chicken wings. I think I had chicken wings delivered to my room. That's right. I forgot about that. But it was just like, yeah, you know, thank God it was before COVID because they would have probably not let me on the plane. I was so sick. Oh, true. But, um, but, but yeah, yeah, this is this is why we go to these things. But it's like and that's what's so funny is that had I, you know, I'm sure people picked up on the fact that I wasn't feeling well. You were under the weather. Um, I but, just remember you saying, "I am not a veterinarian. I'm not." Yes, and over and over and over again. And I still say it today. I even get messages from people going, I know you're not a veterinarian. And in my head, I'm thinking, then why are you about to ask me what you're about to ask me? Because I was like, I am not, I am not going to risk harming your dog with my absolute lack of knowledge on, on whatever topic you're going to bring up. But yeah, it's just like, I, I do believe that, you know, what you said, it all works out. And when people leave, you know, they don't remember that, um, it took forever for them to get to their get lanyards. Their they remember Dr. Becker running around and handing out lanyards. You know, they right. don't and the friends remember I made in the line. Yeah. They don't remember, you know, someone going over their time. They remember the fun interaction that you had with that person or, you know, the, what they learned. Or, or the mind blowing piece of information that helped their dog. Yeah. I mean, and what's funny is that also sometimes these, the, the, the delays that happen, help me finalize my notes or help me give me a break so I can lean over to person. Hey, what did they say about this? That type of thing and have those, but yeah, it's, it is really kind of, um, I wish, I wish I could afford to go to every event in this country because it is, it's so much fun. Well, and you know, I'm gratified that, you know, everything from little pet stores to like real dog box, Mm-hmm. has really stepped up and Ruby who's expecting her first child. Yeah. And I'm so bummed they will not be here. They are they're awesome. Um they're sending notebooks for every um every gift bag. Oh nice. So everybody will have a notebook from them. Oh wow. Um but Ruby's due date is literally the weekend of the expo. Mm-hmm. Oh wow. So she's like there's no way anybody's going anywhere. Yeah. Um, but you know, they've put together a great program out in San Diego. Yeah. And, you know, for people who can't cross the country, 
Um, I think that's the beauty of it is that, you know, the fact that it is spreading around the country, it does leave it open to people who wouldn't normally be able to go. And it also gives us a variety of dates because it's really funny. I, um, I was gifted a consultation with a professional event planner who he plans events for like Stanford university that raises $2 million. (laughs) I mean, he's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I really liked him. He was a roadie for Fleetwood Mac at one point. Oh, wow. And, and some other things. I mean, his, his, how did you not just stay on that during the conversation? I I really, really wanted to. It's like our age is showing now. Stevie and Lindsay, I got to know. Okay, so you carted Stevie and Lindsay stuff around. But, um, you know, he had such an interesting career, but he now plans these huge events for things like Stanford, events that raise largely fundraisers, $2 million. Mm -hmm. And I told him, you know, I came to him from a friend of his who's in a mastermind with him. And I, I gave him my first dates. He's like, well, the first thing you need to do is change your dates. And I mean, the wind just went out of me. And, you know, then I, and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm getting your advice. I know I could not afford your advice. So Mm -hmm. I'm listening. And he told me why. And I'm like, okay, I'm changing my dates. And that's how I wound up in April. And my April dates are are a little challenging for some people, but they're a whole lot better when I looked at the big picture. Yeah. And he gave me all sorts of other advice. And it was it was mind-blowing all the things that I had both done right and done wrong. And it's like, because I just entered into this as a passionate amateur. And it was like, wow. I did okay here or wow, yeah. I really blew this. But the thing, the overriding thing he told me is it's all about the experience. And that was something that resonated with me. And, you know, you guys have just brought it up. It's about what we did when we were there. And that's why we went. And that's why we were willing to travel, to stay in a hotel, all that stuff. Because we wanted the experience of being with our people, learning in person, mm-hmm. putting our hands on products and stuff. And that's, you know, that was a big reason why when Rita made herself available, I'm like, yeah, and we need to put people's hands on the herbs. Yeah. And she was totally down with that. Um, You know, that's what it's about. Yeah. And that's what's lacking in veterinary care. Because think about your average vet care visit. Does your vet ever take your hand and say, feel this? Probably very rarely. Or listen to this and put a stethoscope in your ears and give you that hands-on experience of in whatever way is appropriate. And that's what I'm aiming to do. Mm-hmm. So my yeah. vet actually went with me to the conference last year. So I have a very ah. different vet experience yeah. than most that people. Is- that is so wonderful. I know. I'm very lucky because I go to a traditional vet. I went from an integrative vet who I actually very much miss my integrative vet. Um, but the driving to her clinic sure. was just too much. 
So I, I go to a traditional vet, but thankfully, um, a very good friend of mine manages the clinic. So she prepared them for me. Or <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that many traditional vets are open. Yeah. I mean, either she did or that. Yeah. Cause they didn't bat an eye and they don't care. And, and it was, and it is one of those where they have these really great conversations with me where, you know, and this one thing is like, I can talk about it now, but it's been a long time since I've been able to talk about it. But when um, Rodrigo passed, they both prayed over him mm-hmm. and that meant so much to me. And yeah. it was such a, just, it was a heartbreaking experience for me, but they were so compassionate and so you know, we talked about, you know, where he was and um, just the way they handled it. And I think, you know, there, of course, there are a lot of vets that, that can do the same. My last vet would have done beautifully as well, but it meant so much to me. And it breaks my heart when I hear from people who don't have that type of experience, because I think that all it takes is a couple of negative experiences with a veterinarian to poison someone against the profession. Right. Oh, yeah. I think of everything I went through, you know, 10, 12 years ago that got me started on this, you know, more holistic journey, you know, and the the names that the vet called me and the, you know, how I was crazy yeah. and trying to kill my dogs and, you know, all these well, things. And, and sadly, you know, I would wager 80 to 90 percent of people see conventional vets and there are varying degrees of openness. And there's another practice across town from me that is extremely anti-raw. And literally, as soon as someone mentions raw there, you know, you're killing your dog. It's just bad. Yeah. And they wind up with, you know, they Google raw friendly vet Albany, New York, and they come up with me. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they just tell me they felt belittled yeah. and blamed and <laughs> not listened to. My, and my thing is a friend of mine, Brian, he works with, um, you know, raw dog food company and he shared, he has a service dog or a, a therapy dog. Therapy I'm sorry. Dog. Mm-hmm. And, um, he shared that he went to go do an appointment so he can, you know, do something with the certification and he made an appointment. He had the appointment for a while and then, yeah, I think he showed up and the veterinarian wouldn't even come out and speak to him because that's when they learned that he fed raw and they just well, wanted him to leave. And it was just sort of like, well, if it's if it's to the point where you can't even show someone the courtesy of coming out and just saying, hey, you do you. I'm not comfortable with this. Right. You know, um, well, so- and, and, you know, if any of you saw the Instagram post that went up from me today. It was like, if raw food is so dangerous, chefs would be dead. Yes. I saw another one where you posted where if something was so dangerous, cats would. Oh, yeah. The cat with the mouse in their mouth. Yeah. 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 I I sent Kimberly one that said, what about all those times people eat uh, raw cookie dough? (laughs) If you're so worried about salmonella. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, and truthfully, you know, Susan Thixton has the data. There's more recalls for kibble with salmonella than there is for raw. But, you know, beyond that, I mean, and Tufts being the, uh, I don't know what you would call them, the the paramount example of being anti-raw. One of their nutritionists did a live Zoom that was also released on recording. Uh, If anybody wants it, I'll send it to you. Um, Where they talked about at the end that would they see a dog 
who was eating raw. And they said, yes, they would examine it and treat it. It would come in the hospital in a special exam room. The doctor would wear gown mask gloves. Um, Afterward, they would totally disinfect the area and any place the dog had been. If it was hospitalized, it would be in a ward by itself. And, you know, if it went outside, that area would be disinfected. And it's like, my God, are they a vegetarian? I mean, because that's what I don't understand. I don't don't understand. It's like, I throw meat on the barbecue. People eat sushi. People eat sushi. Um, You know, I love a rare London broil. Mm -hmm. Those are all not totally cooked meats. Yes. And we know that romaine lettuce can carry salmonella listeria. Why are, and why are you sucking such a germaphobe that, you know, any place this dog moves, you've got to disinfect. I mean, I would think you would do it with all dogs because I mean, I mean, even like if you let set food aside, I mean, my dogs are swimming in a pond that a, a right. duck couple is, has made their home. So I'm sure they're pooping in it. And my dogs, and there's frogs in it and stuff. And my dogs there's find frogs, anything. There's turtles, there's yeah, whatever. My dogs find anything dead and roll into it as and they're not as possible. You know, is Tufts putting on, Tufts Doctors putting on cap gown mask to I mean, deal with it? I mean, it's before the dog came to the house, you don't know what that dog might have done. That you're yeah. and you're touching the dog and in the dog's and face. That just encourages people to lie. Exactly. Well, to lie and it encourages other people to be irrationally fearful of fresh food feeding. Yeah. And I guarantee you, Tufts Wildlife Service does not take the same precautions when handling wildlife, mm-hmm. which could be anything from a woodchuck, woodchuck, bird of prey, you know, squirrel, whatever. Those animals are out there in the same environment, eating stuff, walking on dirt, you know, yeah. hiding in trees, chewing on sticks, whatever. I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I grew up, we drank water from the hose we yes. played in, the, yeah. in the pond, in the brook, you know, so we're the last generation. We're the last generation. <laughs> um, but we afraid of no germs. There are there are germs and bacteria in the world and outside, and you know we're meant to encounter them in small amounts and have our immune system react to them and produce antibodies or what have you, whatever is appropriate. Um, you know, so we can live. You can't live in a sterile bubble. Yeah, and that's kind of what I feel like the anti-raw segment of my profession wants people to do not recognizing that ultra processed food is not sterile. Yeah. And yeah. And I, I, it's, I think it's unfortunate because I feel like everyone is in their own bubble. And I know this is a hundred percent naive of me and I know it's naive before I even say it, but I feel like if people got out of their own little echo chamber and actually started speaking to people that mm-hmm. didn't believe as they believed. I mean, so much could be, because it's like, my whole thing is, I don't need you to feed raw. You don't have to feed your dog raw. I just want to share ideas of things that you can do. Because I, when I first discovered raw, and when I realized my dog wasn't doing well on kibble, 
I didn't switch to raw the next week. It took almost a year for me of researching and learning because I had no idea what that meant. You know, people, some people were throwing a chicken in the yard. Some people were like getting roadkill. I was just like, I don't want to do any of that. That doesn't sound safe at all. And I was afraid of bones. And, you know, there, there's so much information out there that people are trying to wade through. We're reaching people who think garlic is toxic. They think all mushrooms are toxic. Avocado. Yes. Avocado. Oh, yeah. And and we're still seeing people share these memes of, you know, I even had, um, I'll have people send me like, oh, I want to write an article telling you the list of toxic foods. And I'll ask them, well, what is on your list? And then I respond with wrong, 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 and wrong. And, but it's just sort of like, but people are wading through this and not only that, but they have, you know, the veterinarian community that supports some Mm -hmm. of this misinformation. And it's hard to make that leap because you know that you're making it on your own by yourself, which full circle is the reason why events like yours are so important because people are on their own. I mean, you can get on social media, but you know, it's very combative you know, I mean, not everyone, but there are just some people that are so passionate about raw feeding that they won't entertain kibble at all. And, so, and then there are people on the other side that are so passionate against raw feeding that if you ask them any questions, they're they're not going to be welcoming or helpful at all. But when you can go to an event and actually talk to people who are at all levels of experience, including you know, veterinarians and herbalists, you know, it just gives you a sense of calm and like, okay, I can do this. Yes. And as I was talking with my cat client that I told you about earlier, you know, they went online and they're like, you know, could it be kidney disease? And I said, no, because, you know, your cat does not have these five clinical signs. And that brought home to me the fact that a simple Google search, while it might lead them to the right answer, it does not look at the big picture. But when you're actually talking to somebody or listening to them lecture with the opportunity to ask questions in real time, you know, you can, you can find out, yeah, is this real? You get a whole different vibe and perspective than when you're just researching or watching something online mm-hmm. that, I mean, it feels like it's just a level removed, yeah, if you will. Um, even though it could be the same expert, you know, talking in person versus talking in a video. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the live experience is just vital. Yeah, and it makes me it makes me it almost makes me wish I didn't have dogs so I could travel more. And get- <laughs> but I could never do that. Maybe you should just start doing them twice a year now. You have time. (laughs) You have time. You have no idea. You can do them in April and then in October, but not the beginning of October because I have events that I have to do. Well, and, you know, and I think of like I do canine camp getaway once or twice a year. Mm -hmm. Um, That is, you know, a live in person with your dog, take your dog on vacation, have fun activities, have learning activities. I mean, it's, it's amazing, truthfully. And we'd love to take that across the country. And I think at some point we would would be amazing because right now there's 
Canine Camp Getaway, which happens in Gettysburg and uh, West Durham, New York, which is a little south of Albany. And there's a camp, a dog camp in Tahoe that is amazing. But those are really the only two that offer similar things. Mm -hmm. And again, that in-person, connect with your people, learn stuff, do stuff, build relationships. It's priceless. Mm -hmm. It's priceless. Yeah. And especially, I will say, post-pandemic, because we lost a lot of those. Yeah. And we lost the ability to you know, maintain them or form them easily. Not that it's impossible, but, you know, it's, it's really nice to sit down with somebody for coffee yeah. and, you know, and talk about stuff or well, lunch. Or and I have a lot of respect for all of you guys that are putting on these events because just my one attempt to put on the Seattle Natural Pet Expo, in yeah. which I was emailing Lori every week she sent me samples of contracts and I was just like, they want me to do, make sure you ask for this. And when the pandemic was announced, oh my gosh, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I don't want to do this. <laughs> I don't want no, to. It, you know, it, it takes, and, and after the event, I will always say never again, never again. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I remember the pandemic and talking to Rodney because it's like, okay, I got to coordinate with you guys. Oh, this will be over in three months. And he's like, Lori, <laughs> might be closer. But um, there's a lot of challenges with coordinating it. And I couldn't do it if I didn't already have the amazing network of experts yeah. that will help me or that will introduce me to their friends who will help me. And my volunteers. I mean, I have... I have an awesome team. And like last year we went to the storage unit, we got all the goodies for the bags. And then I got pulled away and I came back and they just told me the bags were done. <laughs> it was just amazing. Um, and, you know, I just, I, I get a lot from it, which is why I do it. And I just want people to come and have a blast and learn stuff. And benefit their dogs. Is it a one day or two day event now? We're actually kind of at two and a half. Oh, wow. Because it's all day Saturday until 3 p.m. Sunday. And the VIPs start Friday afternoon with a wine and cheese reception. And Caroline from Bold Draw is going to be talking during that, you know, kind of probably Q&A, something casual. Okay. Um, and then the VIPs get a breakfast, they get their extra sessions and such, but, uh, yeah, two and a half days. Nice. So it's, it's a total immersion into natural dog health. And I think that's, that's one way that I learn best. So that's why mm -hmm. I kind of went that way this year. And it's kind of a great location. There's a lot of like restaurants and Starbucks and all those kind of things yeah. around. So pretty you know. much with Albany within well, certainly on Wolf Road, you guys can walk to a restaurant if you choose. Um, yeah, there's, well, I, I'm partial to Professor Java's Coffee Sanctuary over Starbucks. But, you know, there's coffee there. There's a Whole Foods. Get in the car in 10 minutes. You're at the Apple Store if you choose to. I mean, everything's in Albany. 
So, you know, you want an organic market, you want a co-op, Whole Foods, L.L. Bean, Apple Store, Trader Joe's, you know, the movies, whatever you want is there. Yeah. And last year, hopefully we won't have a, a repeat this year of the water situation. <laughs> that was crazy, too. <laughs> oh, my God. So you have to understand, I told my sponsors, because one of their things was, you know, Saturday, we come in, we set up, we don't get anything to lunch. We're really hungry. I said, no problem, guys. I'm going to get you coffee and bagels and donuts. And my assistant will bring it in at like six in the morning. So, you know, you guys don't have to buy it. And there was a water main break. <laughs> and it affected so many of the local, you know, Starbucks, Dunkin' Donuts, whatever. Nobody could make them coffee. Nobody. Yeah, I drove like I was driving like multiple exits so well up the road. Like yeah, Dunkin' Dun Dunkin' Donuts actually just closed. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was like, closing. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to get donuts and um our the hotel gave us a crew member named Jimmy who was running around with like cases of bottled water and such. And he's like, I don't have coffee, but here. <laughs> Um, somebody, somebody complained that the donuts were not healthy. It's like, <laughs> okay, they're not healthy, but you know what? This is a moment where you need sugar. So go for it. That's, um, like, that's yeah, when that you was, just don't have one. Yeah. You just yeah. don't have one. And, and I did have, I did have fruit for them as well. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was a major challenge and it was a challenge for the hotel because they were literally going to the grocery stores, buying gallons of water to make coffee for their restaurant. Oh, wow. Probably along with everyone else in the area. That must have been. Everybody else in the area. Yeah. And it literally happened, you know, Friday night at like midnight or two in the morning. So there was like no time to prep. It was, it was challenging. Yeah. And I'll never forget the cocoa therapy ladies. <laughs> they were in the donuts like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> it's like, you're the most petite, amazing little. Thing. Right. And you're like, yeah, you got a donut in each hand. <laughs> it's like, I am so glad. Showing off. <laughs> they are, they are amazing and their products are amazing. Yeah. Um, but they had me laughing. They kept me sane. It was great. That is amazing. Well, cool. Well, now you know all the behind the scenes. Yeah. Stuff. Now we know how, you know, what goes into it, how amazing it is. Um, I'm jealous that I won't be attending, but I am looking well, forward to everyone having a fantastic time. Yes. And uh, I will make sure you have a fantastic time because um, it will be, it will be awesome. It'll be awesome. And I'm so glad you guys have given me the chance to share some of this stuff because I don't usually get the chance. So this is great. I know. Thanks for taking the time to talk because yeah. I know that you're busy in the planning stage. So I really appreciate it. Sure. I've thing. been the last two years and I can't wait to come back. And thank you yeah. for being here. Absolutely. And you definitely need to, we'll slip you in at the wine and cheese reception <laughs> so you can, can meet the team and hang out a bit. Sounds great. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs>